What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan, and today I am looking ahead and previewing the upcoming PFL card. It's PFL 7 2023. The playoffs get underway um, on the 4th this weekend, 6.30pm Eastern Time. Uh, you know where to find it, ESPN Plus, over in America, zone here uh, in Ireland, uh, and uh, check your local listings around the world for everywhere else to find it. Um, it's... It's a PFL season that has, I suppose, been crazy in so many different ways with obviously a lot of people in the, the, the drug test failures, people falling out, but also with big shocks of Brennan Lachnan losing and lots of different things that have gone on. There's injuries as well. Mavlid is out now as well. It has been a wild and interesting and insane PFL season so far. Um, do you know the one thing that I really like, though, about this PFL season is that... As I think especially at like uh, two or five pounds, but it also has the, the potential to happen everywhere. It's someone who like we didn't think was going to win it is going to win it. And when I say it, I mean a million quid. Because like that at the end of the day is the joy of all of these, right? And back in, you know, the, the start of uh, the, the World Series of Fighting as it was back in the day or the PFL, when you're like, ah, you know, am I going to get into this? Is, is this something that's going to be for me? And then you see at the end of it, someone's over handed over that, you know, that big massive check by a race or whoever might be handed over at the end for the million quid. It's like, well, like, one of the biggest issues in mixed martial arts is pay and people not getting paid enough. But then there's, you know, an, a million quid at the end of it for someone to win a few fights. It's, it's not it's not bad, is it? It's not bad. And then we saw recently as well the um, the pay had actually come out for how much they're earning per fight, and that's pretty good as well. So, you know, it's... Um, it's good stuff from PFL. You have to you have to hand it to them on that. Now we'd look with the, the maybe the bottom guys in the card in, in PFL or Bellator or the UFC, even everywhere. It should be getting more. Would we hope they'd be getting more? Yes, but still, they're uh, putting a lot of money into it, and I love that. Like the fact that say someone like Impact Kasang and I, you know, who was in the UFC but came out and wasn't even supposed to be in this. He could win the million. Martin Hamlet could win the million. You know, Gabriel Alves Braga could win the million. I just think that's great. I think that's absolutely fantastic. And uh, I, look, that that can happen every year. And we've seen people, you know, win the million. And now we think, ah, oh, well, sure, they're good fighters. Of course, they, you know. But at the time, maybe they weren't. Maybe someone like Anente Delia or Bruno Capeloza and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's that to me is is one of the the standout reasons why you should tune into PFL and you know and the the, the finale card as well as always. Uh, fantastic so let's get into um let's get into this card um just before we start i suppose I, as i did mention uh Movlid is out through injury uh he was supposed to fight gabriel alves braga as i mentioned uh his place will be taken by chris wade and we'll get into that fight uh, in a second but it's interesting you know the 145 pound the division it is kind of you know two 
old school guys of the PFL against kind of maybe two of the the new school and not necessarily you know new school but funnily enough uh, Pinedo has a fight more than Bubba Jenkins one fight more than Bubba Jenkins a very similar record but new school in terms of the, the PFL and, and getting into the playoffs and all of that um, which is in itself very interesting like could we have a Bubba Jenkins Chris Wade matchup it feels like that matchup has happened about 12 times before you know <laughs> but uh, and still like even if it did happen again there's all that history <clears throat> could we have Pinedo against Braga a brand new matchup and you know as I said the, the elixir of the million then will be absolutely fan- fascinating uh, in that art there could be some sort of mix another way uh, in through it um, it's it's a tough one to call to be honest <laughs> these two fights because you, you look at the prices even Bubba Jenkins is minus 400 now when I saw that price I was like thinking Oh, that's that looks. And I'm recording this earlier in the week, obviously, uh, because uh, we're we're only a few days out from PFL here. But that price really could change the closer we get to that card. Jesus Pinedo is plus three hundred. Uh, then the Braga and Wade fight is as close as I thought it would be. Uh, Braga minus one forty five, Wade plus one fifteen. So I suppose uh, we'll take them one at a time. But like. In uh, you know putting putting them together, it's mad that Chris Wade comes in here, short notice enough, um, and he is you know he's not he's not the favorite, but he's not that much of an underdog. Let's say he does win this, right? There's you're looking at the the finale coming up as well, and like thinking, okay, maybe he has a bit of a you know maybe a little bit of an advantage there if he didn't put in a full camp here. There's a little bit bit of wet, less wear and tear on the body, especially if he comes through the fight. Uh, you know, maybe not as unscathed or a little bit uh, less scathed. Is that a phrase? Uh, then the other side of it, it could be adventure, but you never know what's going to happen in the fight as well. But I just, I think the lines are very, very interesting. But to the fights themselves, let's talk about Bubba Jenkins versus Pinedo. First of all, um, you know, we've seen Bubba over the last while, and I think it's been not necessarily a change to how he fights, but I think a real change uh, in in mentality. You know, he his nickname here, sure, like, I'm a bad man, Bubba Jenkins. And, you know, he has become that bad man over the last few fights. I mentioned, you know, the, the Chris Wade fight, which obviously happened, uh, uh, you know, what is it now? Twice? Twice. They've only fought twice. So maybe the, the trilogy. And it's 1-1, one, one, so if it, that trilogy did happen, there you go. But he lost to Brendan Lachlan, you know, in the, the playoffs last year, or the, the finale last year. Uh, um, uh, and, you know, after that, you were kind of thinking, like, would the PFL even kind of keep him on? You know, he's been good for the PFL, won some good fights and been in some good fights and, you know, always uh, puts on a show, I suppose, and puts on a, a good, um, you know, e- even if his opponent wins or whatever, he puts on uh, a good uh, show against the opponent. Uh, but they did. They stuck by him, and he came in there, and he beat Chris Wade. I thought he looked very good in that. And in the uh, Sun Binjo fight, he finished him off pretty early and looked absolutely fantastic in that fight altogether. But like you know, he he is a guy I think who loves if he can to dominate you. And you might say, okay, that's the same shot for every fighter. What are you talking about? But. He is the type of guy that loves, like, uh, he fought uh, Lance Barmer once edge and, you know, wrestled him. And you could see that that is exactly what he wants to do. Like, uh, not not John Jones-esque in terms of, like, oh, if you see someone's a striker, he wants to outstrike him. If you see someone's a wrestler, he wants to outwrestle him. Uh, um, Jenkins is happy enough to do it in his own way, you know, which is a lot of the time is wrestling. But 
he seems to like if he gets that head start and if he gets on top of you, it's very hard to claw it back from Bubba Jenkins. Um, and when you're fighting a southpaw as well, you know, it's a little bit more awkward as he is a southpaw. And the way he strikes as well, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. Like he kind of, he jumps in with that striking and you maybe you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't teach it maybe necessarily the way he does it, but it's a very effective the way that he strikes and he looks very smooth when he does it. Very, very smooth the way he strikes. Um, and you saw it, like, in, especially in the last two fights. I think it's funny. Bubba Jenkins is one of these guys that when he was young and maybe, you know, came into Bellator after, what, three fights, a lot of people were talking about him back in, what, what was it, 2013? Oh, it's a long time ago. It's a decade ago. You know, we're talking about him as, as a possible champion over there. And, it, you know, for one reason or another, it didn't happen. Even though he beat some very good guys, like he beat Coyote Yamauchi, who's probably, like, you know, he's not the number one contender now, but after Jason Jackson, he's probably number one contender. But he, you know, it wasn't just him. He beat some other good guys as well. And, you know, he lost Charlie Harhanian twice, and there's no shame in that. But, like, um, it it did feel like he lost, uh, you know, the second time Harhanian went out and then lost over an ACB. And you're kind of thinking at that stage, you know, he took, a, obviously, a lot of money to fight over there. And you're thinking, like, well, maybe that's kind of, that's it from Boba Jenkins, but it, it feels like the the late surge, the PFL signing has really helped him. Like he's only lost two fights in in you know since that loss. I said I spoke about in ACB in two thousand and seventeen, and they've been to Chris Wade and Lachlan last year. You know he's beaten some very good fighters. The aforementioned Lance Palmer uh, win, Chris Wade again, Ryoji Kudo amongst others. So. I think for Boba Jenkins, and and you know j- just aside from the fight for a second again, like. This is massive for Bubba Jenkins. Like this is a career changer. Um, it's it's absolutely huge. I think it's absolutely huge, and um, I, I think like I think he knows that as well. You know the way he fights, the way the, the mentality change. I think he knows that. But he'll have no easy uh, jaunt to the final, I suppose, against Jesus Pinedo. You know another southpaw which you know I said earlier being a southpaw makes it awkward for the opponents but when, it, when it's southpaw versus southpaw it's a different sort of dynamic because I've heard people talking about this before and they're like you know if you're an orthodox fighter you're used to fighting orthodox fighters and you have to kind of change things around if you're a fighting a southpaw fighter but if you're a southpaw fighter you're also used to fighting orthodox fighters so when you have to fight a southpaw guy you have to kind of turn around now I think in mixed martial arts it's it's a little bit less pronounced maybe than boxing and stuff, and there are more soapas, I would say. Now, that's pure conjecture. I haven't looked at the numbers or anything, but I, I would assume so. There seems to be a lot of soapas in mixed martial arts, uh, so maybe it's a little bit easier. But still, there is that adjustment for a soapa versus soapa fight. Um, uh, Pinedo, as we saw against uh, against Brendan Lachnan, is... Uh, is an absolute hitter. Uh, he can hit you hard, and once you hit you, you stay hit. Um, it's very interesting that I, I said it earlier, and he's. I looked at his record, you know, and he's one fight more than uh, than Bubba Jenkins, and that tells you how long he's been around. You know, he he had a couple of UFC fights, even he fought John McDessie and others, which people maybe might uh, might kind of forget. But he's been fighting as well for a decade since 2013, and you know, maybe not as in as glamorous places as uh, as Bubba Jenkins, but still, he's been putting in that work, and he has been, I suppose, earning his way, and he hasn't lost many fights throughout that uh, throughout that decade, and. 
I'm telling you, once he got to that Loch Nan spot, I think a lot of people, maybe even myself included, not necessarily wrote him off, but we're saying, look, this is, you know, this is Brendan Loch Nan's time now. This is not your time, you know. And for Pineda, he was like, this is my time. This is absolutely my time. And he showed that. He really showed that in that fight. And it's a tough matchup coming in for Jenkins because um, I was looking at my notes for the last fight and one of the things I had written is like that odd movement on the outside. And that's what really hurt Lachnan in that fight. Now, it didn't go on too long, as we all know, but what Lachnan loves, and funnily enough, what Bubba Jenkins loves as well, is kind of praying a little bit on straight-up technical fighters because they move a bit oddly on the outside, but not as odd as Pinedo. So I wonder, like, and look, unfortunately for uh, for Brendan Lachnan, but fortunately for Bubba Jenkins, it's not that the trick is up, but, like, we've seen that now. Like, I said it coming in that, like... Uh, his odd movement can cause trouble on the outside. It caused trouble. And if you're going back and looking at the last fight of your opponent, you're thinking, okay, what happened there? He did a bit of odd movement. He beat the, he, you know, he beat the guy who likes to kind of change stances and move through it in the middle of a kind of a chance, uh, uh, a stance change. I can't let that happen. Um, and I think that's a massive key here. Just on Pinedo then, but the, the, the rest of his game, I suppose, um, he's lovely low kicks, but I think one thing he does with the low kicks, he leaves himself a little bit open. And I think Bubba Jenkins will prey on that a little bit because I said he jumps in with that striking and that's exactly what you want when you're that sort of fighter. You want a guy who low kicks and leaves himself open. Um but like that wide stance that he kind of fights out of, it's very good for big head kicks, very good for body kicks. He whips in those kicks. Um, he uses his size well as well. He's kind of side kicks and all that. But when you're doing that sort of thing against a fighter like Bubba Jenkins, you have to be very careful. Uh, I said, you know, he's he whips in his kicks and you need to whip him. Like whip him in, but whip him out just as quick. Don't let Bubba Jenkins catch it because Bubba, we've seen him in the past. He'll fall down on a, 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 a low kick, pick it up, hold on to it and take you down, no problem. Like, Bubba Jenkins is very, very, very good at that. Like, really good at that. So, if you're Pineda, you have to watch that uh, and you have to, like, not let yourself fall prey of it. Um, so, it's an interesting matchup. Like, if Bubba Jenkins, uh, or, or Pineda, first of all, if Pineda can land those kicks, doesn't get caught by those kicks and continues to kind of fight on the outside with his brilliant movement and he can't be timed by Bubba, he'll win the fight. Like, there's no doubt about it. He'll either land a big shot or he'll out, uh, outround him, out, <laughs> outpoint him. Um, <coughs> but, but if Bubba Jenkins can time one of those kicks, catch it, take him down, it's, it's going to be a tough night. And it's not just one takedown, it's multiple takedowns, multiple chain wrestling um, endeavours in there. It's it's going to be a really tough night for Pinedo, I think. And honestly, I, I I'm I'm usually one who picks the striker, to be honest. But I think I'm picking Bubba Jenkins here now. Maybe my bets will reflect that differently because I think that price is way too wide. But I am going for Bubba Jenkins to win that one. Um, right. Let's uh let's talk about the next hundred forty five pounds fight while we're here. Um, and that is obviously Gabriel Braga versus. Chris Wade coming in at short notice. Um, it's funny, you know, when when someone falls out of the um, the playoffs or doesn't get into the playoffs, you're in Ganada coming off a of loss. But he's not. He actually he beat Ryo Shikuda in 
one round in his last fight and was maybe obviously a little bit unlucky not to get in. Um, he also lost to Bernard Lockdown last year, lost to Bubba Jenkins earlier this year in that rematch I spoke about as well. But, you know, it's it's only been very good fighters and championship level fighters he's been losing to over the last while. Tim lost to Mavli, lost to like Rabzabov, Nathan Schultz a couple of times as well. And it was Islam Makhachev and Rustem Kavalov back in the UFC, you know, seven years ago before that where you can find uh, a loss. And, you know, being in, I suppose, the early days of the the PFL in two thousand and um, you know two thousand and eighteen and whatnot, he maybe didn't have the highest caliber of opponents, but I think it's been improving all the time. You know, with the likes of Mavlid, Baba, Kyle Boschnek, um, Lance Palmer, Brendan Lachnan, Ruji Kuda. He hasn't fought anyone bad in the last few years, you know, and it got, just goes to show you how much, I suppose, the PFL has improved. And then for Bragg, as I said, you know, maybe some of the, the new school coming in, 25 years of age, 11 and 0, uh, obviously beat Marlon Moraes pretty handily in his last fight. And look at his wins before that, though. Who's the one before that? Jesus Pinedo. You know, we talk about rematches. There could be another rematch uh, in the in the finale as well. And that was a split decision, a close fight as well. And well, obviously, if, if that turns out to be the finale, we'll be going back and looking at that with a fine-tooth comb. But, you know, he's a win over Ago Husic, who's a good fighter uh, as well before that. And, you know, when you're any guy is 11-0 with, uh, you know, five uh, five big knockouts there, 145 pounds, I suppose you have to take notice. Um, and, you know... It's it might be a weird thing to, to say. Oh, okay, he's he, he's a he's a good boxer, <laughs> you know. He, with, with all those knockouts, very, but like he's not just a good boxer, though, Braga. He's very heavy hips when he gets on top too, and you know when he he needs to do it, he can do that. Um, I think against Morais, he showed. You know, Morais is a funny one, right? Because he still has all the ability it's just like his body is letting him down but Braga showed you know he's able to cope with that and he put him away a lot of people like a lot of people probably would still lose to Marlon Moraes today and you know I, I, no disrespect to Marlon Moraes I have loads of respect for him in fact but Braga did what he needed to do and he beat him there um, and as I said look he comes in here uh, as the favourite uh, at minus 145 but it's an interesting matchup like um Chris Wade is 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 no joke, and he never has been a joke. Very good wrestling, very strong on top, but he is willing to throw. Now, will he be as willing to throw against Braga? Who knows? Um, he is very open himself for takedowns when he throws. He throws a lot of kicks, and he has been, I think, progressively throwing more kicks. Although maybe not. He didn't have much time in his last fight, but maybe not recently. It's it's interesting to see where that goes. Because wait, look, a guy who has that much tape on him and who's been around for that long, it's there. There's kind of swings in technique or swings in tactics that you see all of the time. So, what's he going to turn up with here? I suppose we'll have to we we'll have to wait and see. But in general, I I, th- I think I might be going with Wade here. Um, and it's not to you know go with the wrestler every time or anything like that, but. I wonder, and you know, as I said, Bragg is good on the ground, good BJJ and everything like that as well. But I just wonder when you're coming into the playoffs, when you're like one fight away from the million, you know, this is a kind of shot to nodding for Chris Wade and short notice and all of that. I'm just going to lean towards Wade there, but it's a, it's an interesting fight, and I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Um, then let's talk about the light heavyweights. Um, the uh, Josh Joshua Silvera first of all against Ty Flores. Um, 
I'm a big fan of, of Joshua Silvera. When he came in on short notice last year, I, I spoke a little bit about him. I watched a good few of his fights, and I was thinking, this guy is... Uh, this guy's a very, very good fighter. He ended up losing to Mary Akhmadov, you know, who had a great run last year. But, you know, he beat Marin Hamlet before that, beat Sam Kai and Dylan Monte this year. And, you know, he's been on a great run, finished uh, all three of those guys I mentioned there. So, very, very good. Ty Flores on the other side of it then, you know. Um, he's won his two fights this year, beat Dylan Monte and beat Dan Spawn, you know, two kind of veterans. So, no shame in that. Um... I'm maybe not as impressed by him uh, as I am by Silvera. Like, Silvera, very well-rounded, um, you know, can jab, can throw his punches and all that, but, is, you know, he's very good on the ground. Be, you know, his father's Conan Silvera. He's, his jiu-jitsu is absolutely fantastic. He's dominating when he gets there. And Flores on the other side of it, not the fastest in the world. He's a good wrestler, but I, I don't know to see if the best cardio in the world, good on top, um... If you were to look at their athletic ability, I would say Silvera is probably a few steps ahead. Um, I think Flores, you know, it's one of those ones where you look at Silvera, and from the very first time I looked at him last year, before he came into the PFL, he's one of those fighters you just think everything comes naturally to him. Um, and for Flores, I don't want to say the opposite, right? But it doesn't come as naturally to him. And I watched a fight last week over in uh, Cage Warriors, James Power against uh, Pagani. And um, uh, it was the exact, not the exact same, but sometimes when you have that athletic gift or an athletic advantage, it means a whole lot. And in MMA, it's something, and I've done podcasts on this before, but like it's, it's something we don't like to acknowledge because we look at it as a skill-based sport. And it is a skill-based sport. But when you have the athletic background or the athletic base to learn those skills from, it's a massive advantage. And I think that's exactly the advantage that Silvera has here. He's minus 465 plus 365 for Flores. And I think that line is just about right. I'm picking um, Joshua Silvera in that one. Um, the other fight then is Martin Hamlet versus Impa Kasanganai. Um, a really, really, really interesting fight, this one. Kasanganai minus 300 plus f- 240 uh, for um, Martin Hamlet. Um, and I, I'll i give you my pick first. My pick is going to be Martin Hamlet, definitely at that price anyway. Now, maybe I'm going, um, uh, I'm going full betting show here, but I, I think this is a bad enough matchup for <laughs> Impa Kasanganai. You know, we know um, we know what Impa can do. You know, he and sometimes you look at him and you see some of the you know, the, look, we all we all remember the Jackie and Buckley fight and that it, it was a loss with the the, the vaulted spinning wheel kick uh, heard around the world. Um, you know, it's, you could think of Kazanganai is, is, is a striker because uh, he was striking in that fight. But he's, you know, he's a well-rounded guy. He's only two knockouts and he's 13 fights, seven decisions and four submissions. I, I think he's, you know, he's just a good, well-rounded guy. He can wrestle, he can strike, he can he can do it all. Um, he got well, got a submission, obviously, in his last fight as well. He's been on a very good run, 3 uh, and oh since he came into the PFL. Um, and Hamlin on the other side of it then has been a mainstay in the PFL now for a, a good few years um, since, what, 2021, which... 2021 feels like it's yesterday but it is a good few years he's had what's eight or nine fights ten fights maybe even since in in that time um and he's won 
Muslim lost to Silvera, who we just mentioned, but in between that, you know, he's beaten Conan Silvera, beat uh, Mohamed Fakhrin, beat Sam K, beat uh, Cesar Fahea, and also some very, very good wins in there. And, um, you you know, I, I talked about Kasanga now, and I said that, you know, what he is, he's, he's a good, well rounded fighter. Marin Hamlet is a wrestler. He's a wrestler and he's not in butter wrestler. Heavy on top. He now I know when I say not in butter wrestler, he's stingy with his strikes as well. Uh when he does throw, but he doesn't throw that much. He can hit hard when he wants to hit. But this is the type of fight where Marin Hamlet's gonna go straight across the cage and he's gonna try to take him down. If he can take him down and he can take him down multiple times, he's like he's gonna win the fight. Like all of his fights, it's pretty simple. Um I think Hammond might be a little bit underrated. Like, when he gets to the very, very top, yes, then he has a problem. But is Kasanganai the very, very top? I always thought as well he's a little bit small, maybe, for the division. Could that play a part here as well? Um, I don't know. But an interesting part as well here, right? We all, we all know, I think, if Hammond wins the wrestling battle, he's going to win the fight. Uh, now, if Kasanganai wins the wrestling battle, not only stops up, maybe he can get on top himself. Absolutely, it's good switches around there. But who wins a striking battle? You know, like you would think Kasanganai again, but you know, to, to not be brought in negatively or positively into like the the assumption he's a striker. You know, as I said, ha- Hamlet can strike as well. Um, but the one thing I would say about Hamlet, the reason I probably would give Kasanganai the edge if it did go to the striking, um, is that sometimes Hamlet gets too. Uh, wrestle heavy and by what I mean by that is like if the wrestling doesn't work he can kind of change it like look at Michael Chiesa in the UFC last week his wrestling wouldn't work and he just panicked like Hamlet doesn't get that bad you know that, that was disgraceful and, uh, I think the way he fought uh, Chiesa but he does get a little bit like that and we know Kasang and I you know once he gets kind of the ire up and once he gets the confidence going he can be very very good so yeah I do t- like it's a, it's a <laughs> I, I started off by saying this is not a, basically not a striker versus wrestler but maybe it is and maybe it turns out that way so I, I'm picking Hamlet I'm picking Hamlet to win it but um, we'll uh, we'll see on that one I suppose we will see on uh, on that one so those are the four um, matchups we have this uh, week in the playoffs. Let me run you through a few of the other fights here. Um, one that sticks out is Elvis Espinosa versus Keone Diggs. Um, I watched a bit of Elvis this morning, and do you know who he reminds me of? Johnny Hendricks, right? And the reason he reminds me of Johnny Hendricks is, again, and there's a lot of southpaws in this, but he he's a southpaw who likes a takedown, who likes a clinch, but the way he fights on the feet, it's very Johnny Hendricks-like. He does like that, the hand, and like prime Johnny Hendricks. Uh, hand fighting, um, the power left inside like that, hand fight to the inside jab, hand fight to the hook around the opening hands, and then the wrestling that comes after it. Just very, very Johnny Hendricks-like. Like, scarily Johnny Hendricks like um, and I wonder I actually have it I'm just about to check here where does he fight out of he fights out of Florida so I don't know I don't know if Johnny Hendricks open the gym or anything like that but he, fight, he fights so like Johnny Hendricks I don't know how anyone else see that either but um, he's fought a few times before in, in, in the PFL um, but this is you know this is a massive opportunity for him again I suppose uh, to get um you know, to, to get to uh, to get to where he needs, I suppose, next year to get into a big tournament and, and get towards that million. Uh, to do that, and it's funny enough, Elvis Espinosa, his nickname is The Prodigy, 
and his opponent uh, is Keone Diggs fighting uh, out of uh, or uh, from Hawaii anyway uh, like uh, the prodigy BJ Penn and he fights a lot more like BJ Penn I think than, uh, than Espinosa does um you know, uh, Southpaw as well, as I said, loads of Southpaws in this, does like a takedown. Um, the difference, I think, between Keone Diggs and Espinosa is they're, they're similar enough fighters, right? As I said, Southpaws like a takedown, but like the strike as well. The difference, Diggs loves, uh, loves a dig. You know, he loves to throw the big power shots from the outside. Uh, as I said, a little bit more like BJ Penn, more athletic, more well-rounded maybe than uh, Espinosa. Now, maybe not even necessarily more well-rounded, but more kind of um, exciting, I suppose, is a, is a word you could probably use. You know, he's more open. He throws more wild shots, maybe leaves himself a little bit more exposed. And if you do that against someone like Espinosa, it can be tough. So that's definitely one fight I am looking forward to there. Um, uh, just uh, let me tr- run you through the some of the prices as well here. Uh, just as we go down, that Espinosa Diggs fight. Espinosa is the favorite, minus one seventy plus one forty for Keone Diggs. Um, big favorite Tajin over Ali Omar, minus four hundred plus three hundred for Omar. Desiree Yanez and Lisa uh, Maudlin is uh, not too far apart, minus two four five plus one nine five for Maudlin. Uh, Anthony Ivy, he's a very good fighter. He's the one that caught my eye, uh, minus two two. Five plus one eight five for uh for his opponent uh Carson Handyman and you know Ivy he maybe doesn't have the, the best record uh in the world uh in terms of um yeah he's ten and seven at thirty three years of age but you know he has he has some tough opponents in there. You know, he had a few fights in the UFC. He fought Brian Barberena. You know, he fought uh, Basile Hafez, who we saw in the UFC not too long ago in Fury FC, but he's won his last two in a row now. Um, has a pretty good finishing record in terms of 100% finishing record. 10 fights, 10 finishes, even in his losses. You know, his five of seven have been inside the distance. And his opponent, uh, Carson uh, Hardman, 28 years of age, fighting out of Excite. Uh, he's won his last three in a row as well, but he's lost to the likes of Steven Seiler in 2021. Lost to Clay Collard, uh, who obviously we see in here before as well. Um, I do like Ivy in that fight, the, the bit of watching, but you never know, maybe at that stage of their career, with this big opportunity as well, what way I suppose it's going to go, uh, going to go for some of these. Uh, Chelsea Hackett is on minus 120, minus 110 for uh, Kai Bennett. And then we have a very interesting fight. This might be my fight of the undercard here Billy uh, Elkana against Chuck Campbell minus 220 for Billy plus 180 for Chuck Campbell uh, 5 and 1 for Billy 5 and 2 for Chuck Campbell first of all in Chuck Campbell uh, he fought for the Cage Warriors light heavyweight title last time out uh, against Modestus Pukowskis and it feels like a long time ago. It's only, it's only eight months ago, but I, I just kind of assumed he'd been back in there since. And, you know, that's because cause obviously went to the UFC after that. And I, I remember talking about it here, maybe uh, on a podcast not too long ago, that, you know, maybe Chuck Campbell could get the next shot at that belt. But now he's uh, he's gone to the PFL and he's a big opportunity there. It's funny, like he's fought in Bellator, he's fought in Cage, where he's now fighting in the PFL and he's only eight fights into his career. I think uh, I think he should be called Chuck the Chasing Pat Campbell because he's fought all over us. But he is a very good fighter, you know. You know, um, 
I, I, like he's funny you know five fights he's only two knockouts for a light heavyweight but watching his fights and I've watched a good bit of him now at this stage he does hit very hard fighting out of AK as well a very well rounded fighter you know he went four rounds at Modestus Bukowskis and look he did well early and Bukowskis kind of you know cleaned him out in the end but still for a guy that new into his career I think it was it was pretty good and he's like he's fought Tyree Fortune in Bellator before that was a good fight a fighter beating the likes of uh, Andy Clamp who is you know a, a good guy who's been around for a long time but his opponent uh, Billy um, uh, Elikana um, fighting out of Uprising MMA from California he he's a guy who I I'm looking at his Sherdog here he made his pro debut in 2021 but He's been fighting in amateurs and stuff for a long time, and some of the some of the guys he's been due to fight as an amateur and has fought as an amateur, you know, it's 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 mad to read it. He fought Brian Battle as an amateur. He fought Sullivan Colley as an amateur. He was due to fight Dalton Rasta as an amateur. So that's where this guy comes from. Um, I watched one of his fights from a good while ago, and it must have been an amateur fight. I didn't realize when I was watching it, but he absolutely destroyed this lad. Uh, in t- I think it was Cole. I don't know who was it? It was a tough enough fight. Uh, I'm not sure exactly the name, but he, he just absolutely went through him. Absolutely went through him. This guy is like a proper top athlete. Really good. Now, Chuck Campbell's a good athlete as well, but uh, Billy Elacana is a. Uh, uh, an A1 level athlete. That's the first thing you notice about him when you look at him. He hits hard. He moves well. Fight Southpaw again. Fighting out of that kind of unorthodox stance. Uh, the, the sideways stance. And honestly, I, I, I cannot wait for this. I cannot wait for this. Alakana is. It's funny because like they're they're what's five and one against five and two, but these guys have a good amount of um of experience now against top guys. Alakana not so much as a pro but he's fought in LFA a good few times and stuff and that's a pretty uh, big uh, big stage and he's had one fight in PFL now as well um, but the amateurs uh, he's had he's had good matchups there and Chuck Campbell has had it through his whole career was, as happens with a top 205 prospect you know the uh, the, the minus 220 against Alakana um, I haven't watched him this morning I'm like well yeah he, he probably should be that but Chuck Campbell uh, I, I I think Chuck's bit of extra professional experience, I think it'll really show here. I th- I really do think it will show. Um, will I be picking him a plus one eighty? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I think. Do you know what? I will. I, I'm going to go with Chuck Campbell, but it's a very close one. It's a, such an interesting fight this one, and I uh, I can't wait to see it. So, yeah, that's the top and bottom of this card. Um. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, maybe there, there aren't the standout names in this card like you, you know, we would be maybe hoping for, but there are some good fights in the undercard coming up. I actually think the four um, playoff fights are going to be very, very, very interesting. So definitely a card to tune in for and uh, and watch. Um, so yeah, I will leave it there. I'll be back. I think it's two weeks time until the next PFL event, so I will be back then for my next PFL preview. But keep it locked here on SureDog.com on the YouTube. Please give a subscribe, give a like button, uh, hit, smash that like button, as they say, and uh, yeah, let everyone know. I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com, and I'll see you all next time.